Section four of Barks and Pears by Colette Willey. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Barks and Pears by Colette Willey. Translated by Mary Kelly. Section four. Dinner is late. A parlor in the country at the close of a long summer's day. Kiki the demure and Toby dog doze ears twitching and eyelids obstinately shut now kiki's lids part in a narrow slit and disclose eyes the colour of purple grapes he yawns with the ferocious expression of a small dragon kiki the demure haughtily you're snoring toby dog who is not really asleep i'm not it's you impossible i don't snore i purr same thing Kiki the demure not condescending to a discussion. Thank heaven it isn't. A silence. I'm hungry. One doesn't hear the noise of plates in the next room. Isn't it dinner time? Toby Dog gets up slowly, stretches his forepaws, and yawns, darting forth a heraldic tongue with curly end. Oh, I don't know. I'm hungry. Where is she? How is it you're not at her heels? Toby Dog embarrassed, nibbling his nails. She's in the garden, I believe, picking up plums. Those yellow balls that rain about one's ears? I know them. You've seen her, then. I bet she scolded you. What have you been doing now? Toby Dog, self-conscious, turning away his wrinkled, toad-like face. She told me to return to the house because, because I, too, was eating plums. She did well. You have depraved tastes, the tastes of men. Toby Dog offended. Say, no one ever sees me eating bad fish, and never, never will I understand how you can go into such fits over a dead frog or that herb. Valerian. That's it, I guess. An herb is medicine, isn't it? Medicine indeed. Valerian. But no, you can't understand. I've seen her laugh and go on, as I do over the valerian, after having emptied a glass of fetid wine that jumped dangerously, too. As for the dead frog, so dead that it seems a bit of dry Russia leather in the form of a frog, it's a sachet, impregnated with rare musk, with which I wish to scent my fur. Oh, you talk very well, but she always scolds and says that you smell bad after it, and he says the same thing. They're nothing but two paws, both of them. You, poor thing, belittle yourself by seeking to imitate them. You stand on your hind legs, wear a coat when it rains, eat plums for shame, and those big green balls the malicious trees let fall sometimes when I'm passing underneath. Apples? Very likely. She picks one up and throws it down the path, crying, Apple, Toby, apple, and you rush after in unseemly fashion, gasping for breath, looking like a fool, your tongue and your eyes sticking out. Toby Dog scowling, his head resting on his paws. One takes one's pleasures where one finds them. Kiki the demure, yawning, shows his pointed teeth and his palette of pink velvet. <sighs> I'm hungry. Dinner is surely late tonight. Suppose you look for her? I daren't. She forbade it. She's down there in the hollow with a big basket. 
The dew is falling and wetting her feet, and the sun's going away. But you know how she is. She sits on the damp ground, looking ahead of her as if she were asleep, or lies flat on her stomach, whistling and watching an ant in the grass. She tears up a handful of wild thyme and smells it, or calls the tomtits and the jays, who never come to her by any chance. She takes a heavy watering pot, and, ugh, it gives me the shivers, pours thousands of icy silvery threads over the roses or into the hollows of those little stone troughs way back in the woods. I always look in to see the head of a brindle bull who comes to meet me and to drink up the pictures of the leaves. But she pulls me back by the collar with, Toby, Toby, that water is for the birds. Then she takes out her knife and opens nuts, fifty, a hundred nuts, and forgets the time. There's no end to the things she does. Kiki the demure slyly. And what do you do all that time? I, well, I just wait for her. I admire you. Once in a while, squatting down, she eagerly scratches the earth, toils and sweats over it, then I jump round her, delighted to see her at something so useful and so familiar. But her feeble scent deceives her. I never smell mole, or shrew mouse with a rosy paws in the hole she digs. And how explain her utter lack of purpose? Presently, falling back on her haunches, she brandishes a hairy-rooted herb and cries, I have it, the jade! I lie in the damp grass and tremble, or dig my nose, she calls it my snout, into the earth to get the complicated odors of it. When there are three or four scents, all blended, all mixed together, can you distinguish that of the mole, from that of the hare which passed quickly, or the bird which rested there? Certainly I can. My nose is highly educated. It's smaller, regular, wide between my eyes, delicate at the chamois skin end of my nostrils. The lightest touch of a blade of grass, the shadow of smoke, tickles and makes it sneeze. It doesn't bother about distinguishing the scent of moles from that of hares, did you say? But it delights in the trace left by a cat in a hedge. I've a charming nose. She calls it his pretty little nose of cotton velvet. Since my eyes opened on this world, I've not known the day that someone has not uttered a truthful flattery on the subject of my nose. Now yours is a rough-grained truffle. What makes you move it so ridiculously at this very moment? I'm hungry, and I don't hear the plates. Your truffle of a nose works up and down and makes another wrinkle in your irregular mug. She always says, his square muzzle, his wrinkled truffle, so tenderly and so lovingly. And you think of nothing but eating. It's your empty stomach that scolds and complains and wants to quarrel with me. I've a charming stomach. But no, it's your nose that's charming. You just said so. My stomach, too. There's none more fastidious, more whimsical, stronger, and at the same time more delicate. It digests the bones of soul, but meat that's the least bit tainted literally turns it. Literally's the word. You have active indigestion. Yes, the whole house is affected by it. From the very first qualms I'm in terrible distress. The earth gives way under me. My eyes dilate. I hurriedly swallow quantities of salty saliva. Involuntary ventriloquial cries escape me. My sides bulge out. Toby Dog disgusted. I say, if it's all the same to you, tell me the rest after dinner. I'm hungry. Where can he be? He's there in his study, scratching paper. He's always doing that. It's a game. Two paws play at the same thing for hours and hours. 
i've often tried to scratch paper gently as he does but the pleasure doesn't last long i prefer newspapers torn into shreds that rustle and fly there is a little pot of dark violet muddy water on his table i never sniff it without horror since the day a rather foolish curiosity made me dip my paw into it this very paw so strong and aristocratic the tufts of useless hair you see between my toes proclaim the purity of my race this very paw bore a bluish stain for eight days and the degrading odor of rusty steel clung to it a long time after what's the little pot for he drinks from it doubtless silence she's not back yet heaven grant she isn't lost as i was one day in the streets of paris i'm hungry i'm hungry what are we going to eat this evening i saw a chicken it made a silly noise and dropped red blood on the kitchen floor soiling it far more than i ever did or you either yet no one whipped it but emily put it in the fire to teach it a lesson i licked up some of the blood toby dog yawns chicken it makes my mouth water she'll say here toby bones and throw me the carcass how badly you speak he says little chicken bones kiki little chicken bones toby dog's surprised but no really it's here toby bones that she says he speaks better than she does toby dog incompetent huh tell me do birds taste anything like chicken kiki the demure whose eyes light up suddenly no they're far better they're alive ha the quivering bird the warm feathers the delicious little brain you feel it all crackling between your teeth oh you make me sick it always worries me to see tiny animals like that flutter about and birds are dear good little things kiki the demure dryly don't you believe it they're only good to eat they're noisy stupid creatures infatuated with themselves made to be eaten you know the two jays not very well they live in the little wood when i walk by they laugh a sardonic tiac tiac because i wear a bell at my neck in vain do i hold my head very stiffly and put my paws down very gently my bell tinkles and the two creatures scream from the top of the fir tree just let me get hold of them one of these days he lays back his ears and raises the hair along his back toby dog pensive positively cat there are times when i don't know you we are talking quietly and suddenly you bristle like a bottle brush or we happen to be playing amicably together and i bark behind your back just for fun then one doesn't know why perhaps because my nose has grazed the long hairs in your legs you're so proud of you become all at once a savage beast spitting fire and charging at me like a strange dog don't you think that shows a bad character kiki the demure mysterious eyes half closed not at all it's character simply a cat's character in such moments of irritability i'm keenly alive to the humiliation of my present state and that of my race i can remember a time when priests in long linen tunics bending low spoke to us and humbly tried to comprehend our chanted utterance 
know dog that it is not we who have changed it may be there are days when i'm more myself when everything offends me and justly a brusque gesture a vulgar laugh the banging of a door your odor your inconceivable impudence when you touch me or encircle me jumping and yelping toby dog patiently to himself he's having one of his attacks kiki the demure with a start did you hear yes the kitchen door and the door into the dining room and now the drawer where the spoons are kept at last at last ha ha he yawns i can't stand this any longer where is she i don't hear the gravel creaking night's coming on kiki the demure ironically go find her and how about him he usually worries and comes in asking where is she but he's scratching still he must have drunk up all the violet-colored water in the muddy little pot by this time toby carefully stretches his legs ah i feel lively and empty we're going to eat soon just smell the good kitchen smells that come under the door let's play no run i'll chase without touching you no why not i don't want to oh but you're tiresome watch me jump and arch my neck like a little horse and try to catch my stubby tail now i turn round and round and heavens the whole room spins it's stopping now insufferable creature insufferable yourself look out i'm going to run at you as she does when she's merry crying ha cat Kika the demure rising puts up a paw bristling with claws and spotted with rose color and black underneath it looks like a thorny flower if you dare toby dog in a frenzy i do dare ha cat ha cat Kiki the demure, exasperated, gives a spring and hangs on the tablecloth, dragging it down. A lamp and various things fall to the ground. Terrified silence. The two animals, crouching under an armchair, await punishment. He appears at the study door, holding a pen like a bit between his teeth. Thunder and Blitzen! What is it now? This cursed menagerie has overturned everything. Where's your mistress? What a place this is, to be sure! Dinner never on time. Etc., etc., etc. The two guilty ones, who well know the harmlessness of such outbursts, laugh quietly to themselves, and lying flat as bedroom slippers, look at one another through the fringes of the chair. The garden gate opens. She comes in carrying a basket full of fragrant plums. Her hands are sticky from their sugariness, her hair tumbled. She stands horrified before the disaster oh they've been fighting again have they without conviction dear me what nasty creatures i'll give them away i'll sell them i'll kill them but the cat and dog grovelling in exaggerated humility crawl up to her and speak together there you are it's very late toby attacked me it's he who's broken everything i believe he went mad from hunger you smell good of grass and the twilight you sat down on some wild thyme come tell your master to carry me on his shoulder the meat will be overdone i'm afraid you'll carve the chicken very quickly won't you 
and you'll keep the browned skin for me if you wish i'll stretch out my paw like a spoon which knows how to take up the littlest morsels and carry them to my mouth with that human gesture that makes you laugh so you and he come hi hi there you are at last i'm so unhappy when you're away you banished me you didn't love me the lamp fell down all by itself come i'm awfully hungry but i'll gladly go without dinner if you'll promise to take me with you always wherever you go yes even out in the twilight though it makes me sad i'll willingly follow you there my nose close close to the hem of your dress she disarmed and quite indifferent to the cataclysm do look how pretty they are end of section four